championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Hello and welcome to Fourth and Five, your Longhorn Nation podcast. I'm your host, Will Bazer, and I'm joined alongside by Darius Terrell. As always, you guys listen to the Hornscast channel, which you guys can find on any podcasting platform out there. Just search the Hornscast. Today, we're going to be going over the spring practice as it starts and is about to start up again. Talk about what we're expecting out of that, what we're looking for, and what Texas needs out of that spring practice. Then, go into a little bit of recruiting there's a lot that's happened and also not a lot because it's been the dead period so we'll talk about everything that's happened over the past month that we've missed and go in and look forward to june as texas is looking to have a big june recruiting month darius my man how you been it's been one month since we've done one of these how you been What's going on, man? Everything's been good on my end. Um, a lot going on, things going on behind the scenes, but um, it's been good. Sorry for the um for the hiatus, everyone, but hopefully we can get y'all a a good show this afternoon or morning or evening whenever you're listening. We appreciate it regardless. Yeah, for sure. Let's go ahead and dive right into it, y'all. Texas is starting spring practice, or they did, and then they stopped because of coronavirus. So. It, we're, I mean, we're almost there. Everything's getting pushed back. The spring game got pushed back to the 24th of April because of the stoppage in practice. I mean, they got one practice in, and the first thing that they really needed out of spring practices is to stay healthy, and they didn't quite get that on the first practice. You had Jake Smith break his foot. Then you have uh, Brandon Schooler moving from wide receiver to safety. And you have a, a little bit of roster movement on here. But I think one of the main things that we're going to be looking for, Darius, is can Texas stay healthy through this? We saw in the years past that the Tom Herman era, we saw quite a few injuries come up during this time of year because of his Tuesday practices that were very, very rough. So we're going to be looking for maybe Texas to stay a little more healthy this year, hopefully. It sounds like you can't stop freak injuries like what happened with Jake Smith and his foot. But the idea here is to hopefully come out of this understanding the new systems that are coming in under Steve Sarkeesian and under Pete Kwiatkowski. You can only really get those two things down with your best players if you stay healthy. The goal going into every spring practices for for coaching staffs, um, whether it be at the high school level or college or whatever, the goal is to obviously see what you have, you know, going into the next season with Texas having new coaches. Um, and again, unfortunately for these players, what is it? It's the third new scheme in three years for these guys. But um, uh, the goal is to, to get your stuff implemented, make sure the guys know it, learn it. This is the time to go slow so that you're hitting things full speed when the fall rolls around. The goal is to stay healthy, obviously, for everybody. But, you know, it's football, man. Injuries are inevitable. You know, the goal is just to get out as healthy as possible. And B. John Robinson should not get touched the entire spring. I was talking to my friends the other day, uh, back when I was a freshman in uh, high school. There we had we had the star quarterback DJ Johnson, and me being a freshman didn't really understand the uh, importance of spring ball and not and, and not touching your star player. Oh, took down guy, huh? the quarterback. 
because I was trying to be gritty right. and then got my ass chewed out. Well, I bet. Nobody hopped on you? No lineman hopped on you? No, uh, they, I, the coaches okay. hopped on me. Oh. The coaches hopped on me to get me off of DJ Johnson so that I wouldn't tear his ACL or whatnot before anything yeah, even got man. started. I'm sure they asked you, can you play quarterback? Did they ask you that? <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I definitely got my, my ass That's my question for any any superstar in practice that wants to touch the quarterback. Can you play quarterback? Most of them usually say yes, and it ends up badly for them. Yeah, no, that was back when I was in – Eighth grade, you go to ninth grade, and I was like, "Hell yeah, I can, I can play, I can go to the, I can go play in the NFL." No, a lot of pressure. Yeah, no, stay healthy. Main thing for Texas there is to make sure that they they really get to understand this new system. And there's a lot of players that need to be or really figure out their spot in this system, especially under Pete Kwiatkowski. I think one of the things about this coaching staff is they really pride themselves on being able to use the players that they have. So no, they might not have the guys that fit perfectly into their desired systems. They're going to have to use this time right now to figure out who goes where and figure out who goes into a, a few key positions or whether or not they need to change around their system to figure out how to incorporate the talent that they have on the field. I think one of the main places that we're going to be seeing this is at the linebacker position, which is Pete Kwiatkowski and Jeff Choate's you know, job right now. You have one guy on the roster right now and DeMarvin Overshone. The other guy who you had, Jawan Mitchell, is now in the transfer portal for the 11th time. I don't know. Who else do you put in each one of these positions? Jack is a really big one for Texas, as you just lost Joseph Osai, right? Who do you put in that Jack position now that you don't have Joseph Osai? And for sort of a, a refresher here, what are you looking for in the jack position? You're looking for a guy who can set the edge, can give you some adequate mobility and space to occasionally drop into zone coverage. So basically, Joseph Osai and strong pass rush ability through speed or strength, or both. Again, Joseph Osai. So who are you looking at in this roster, on this roster, or the guys who are coming into this roster who looks like a Joseph Osai type player or the closest thing you can get there. It's going to be hard, but I think right now they're probably going to start off by looking at guys like Jacoby Jones. Yeah, just looking at the roster and what's um what's coming back on the roster, as far as Jack is concerned, it is a little bit different from the Jack that we, we saw implemented in um, our defense last season. The Jack in this defense, of course, people want their, their edge guys to be able to get to the passer, obviously. But um, the Jack is a strong side guy. In, in this defense, the Jack is the guy that's lining up on the strong side of the offense. So, I mean, his number one priority is making sure that edge gets set. And um, that that that's, that sounds like it's right up Jacoby Jones' alley. Um, I know in the descriptions it's mentioned that they'll be asked, you know, to drop in coverage, things like that. Like we've talked about uh, previously, um, situations would probably dictate who he has in at certain times and certain positions. But I think Jacoby Jones makes sense, especially on first and second down. Um, as far as being a guy that can set that tone and set that edge um, on the strong side in the run game, he'll get the first shot at it. Um, another guy that I think may be athletic enough to do that is a guy like Moro Ajomo. Again, we're talking about first and second down. Moro Ajomo is obviously capable. Um, Vernon Broughton's another guy that comes to mind with the, with the athleticism, the body type. Um, and really, I mean, as far as what you have on campus for this spring, that that seems like it's about the gist of it. 
And I'm coming Did you in. Say Alfred Collins there yet? No, I didn't say Alfred yet. I didn't say Alfred yet. Um, I think Alfred makes sense in, in, in freak mode. You know, third down, obvious passing downs. Let that guy stand up. I think that'd be amazing. I think he loved yeah, doing that. Three guys on the line. You have your big old nose tackle and Keandre Coburn or Tavondre Sweat. You have your other. You have your pass rusher and Alfred Collins, who we've seen what he can do at Jack or just for one down. And then your defensive end in, man, take your pick. Who else you want there? Yeah, your your ex your ex backer guy on the backside, but yeah, strong side. I think that's that those those are your names. We're seeing that mix and of the incoming class. I think you know a guy like Jordan Thomas um, makes a lot of sense there, and even Byron Murphy. I think he's Byron's um, athletic enough to play that that jack spot as far as setting that edge defensive end um, as well. So what we'll about see. David Abiara? ABR makes sense. I think he could get his first crack actually trying to be more of the backside um, rush guy at X-backer when we start talking about that in a second. Okay, well. But he he could do either one. We'll see. I mean, so that's your jack position. So let's go to the other side of that off, of that linebacker group and look at the X-backer. You don't really have a guy who fits that to a T, but you, I get maybe Ray Thornton. Might be the guy, kind of a, a update or a refresher on what you're looking for in that X backer, which is basically what they call the X will position. Guy who can drop back into zone, cover that flat and seams. So basically, cover your tight end or running back to the flats. Your bubble screens, your your running back coming out of the backfield, sort of things has adequate size enough to take on the offensive line, but really he's a pass rusher. The other side, he's the change-up guy to your jack position. So who's your change-up guy right there? Is that Ray Thornton? Ray Thornton from pictures I've seen, videos I've seen from camp so far, and that one day they had at camp, I think Ray Thornton was the guy playing that position. Um, he was brought here for a reason. Um, brought here for a role. is different from what he was doing at LSU. He was playing more of a traditional linebacker deal. I think this here at Texas fits him better, so we'll see if he um, – if he flashes more as a better player um, in this type of role um, playing for Texas. So he'll get the first crack at it. Um, another guy that will be here this summer is another transfer, um, Ovia Gufo from Notre Dame. He makes sense. Tatavian Sanders makes sense at this position as well. Um, but he's not going to be there. He's tight end. I think there'll be situations where they get him over there where he um, – uses that value as well. I think you, he's going to bounce back and forth during the spring. Uh, they're not going they're not going to pitch in the hole when they went eight bodies at the tight end room already as well. Um, yeah. I mean, you're probably also looking there at Jet Bush and maybe even Prince Dorba as a change of pace for that other side if you're looking at Jacoby Jones on the other side. I, but I I do think you're right. Ray Thornton and Ovia Gufo are probably your two guys who are going to be battling it out for that position this son, this season. Sanders. And Jatavian Sanders, right? I mean, if Jatavian Sanders there, he's a jack. You put him at jack. Mm-mm, I don't agree yeah. with that at all. I don't agree he's with that guy, at all. He's a guy. You're going to put him straight, kid, going straight forward. I've seen that kid in person four or five times. He's a backside pass rusher. He doesn't want to play the run. I'm telling you. I think if you get a guy of that magnitude, then you're going to be putting him wherever he is most capable Right, Which they're going to put him on the back jack. side where he can rush. He's not going to be in a jack on the strong side where he's taking on a tight end and tackle. You know what I'm saying? True, but, I mean, why not put him up against your tight end? That's not what he's built to do. That's what I'm saying. He's more of a he, – he he sees himself as a finesse guy. He's a rush guy. He's not. He doesn't want to take on two blockers. That's not what he came to Texas to do. That's the thing is with Jatavian Sanders, it's sort of a 
make him happy, but also where is he best utilized? Right. As a freshman, he's going to be 240 pounds. He he fits better as the X-backer, in my opinion. The later on in his career, you know, sophomore year, junior year, I think he's had some time in the program. When he gets up to about 260, like we expect, then I can see more of a jack type of role. But I think early on, we're going to see them at that X-backer and um, playing a little bit of offense in the red zone. That's just my guess. So then what do you do with Ray Thornton and, and Ovia Gufo? If they're not good enough to play, they get beat out by the five-star freshman. It is what it is. I mean, again, they're tra- they're, they're 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 transferring for a reason. No, they can back up Jatavian Sanders at X backer. We'll keep <laughs> we'll keep Jacoby Jones or whoever wins the job at at, at Jack. It doesn't matter. But you True. don't owe you don't owe Ray Thornton or owe Yagufo anything. They can cut it where they were at. So they're getting a shot, an opportunity. Yeah, but I do like what I saw from Ovia Gufo in his film. I do like what I saw yeah. from Ray Thornton in, yeah. in his film as well in their practice films when where they got to play most of the time. Uh, those guys definitely look like guys who are. Who can't come downhill? Yeah, Agufo was was really impressive in coverage a few times. Well, in the video of, in game tape of of him in Notre Dame, he was pretty so, exciting. He's a former receiver. Yeah, if he's good in coverage, do you drop him back? There there will be times where he drops his own coverage. He's the backside wheel kind of guy that's dropping into the flats. Maybe bump the tight end on the way out to the flats, cover the uh, running back on the arrow routes, things like that. So then you do look at Dime, though, because that's the position that you're missing with Jawan Mitchell. That was the place he was going to play, a position that can go and take a pass rush from the inside, but at the same time is a guy who is able to drop back. That's your that's your traditional Mike role in most defenses when people think of right. Mike. That's the Dime in this defense, yes. Exactly. Stout guy, stout tackling ability, can take on the interior pass with and engage with outside linebackers, but can also at the same time drop back. Yeah, cover that, that middle. Based on what to be healthy, like you mentioned earlier, Overshaw going to be out. Um, Mitchell's transferring. I think a guy like Jalen Ford or David Ben, they're going to have the first opportunity to win that position. I think um, Dimebacker fits them the best. A guy like Jaden Huddleby also makes sense there. Marcus um, possibly Tillman. Marcus Tillman. Maybe even, hey, um, drum roll, B.J. Foster slides down there. Maybe Tyler Owens. Um, when See, we start talking about the the mic spot, but um, Tyler yeah. Owens is the guy I who that. I would be looking to potentially take over the dime or the mic from Demarvin Overshaw. I think I think the time for Tyler Owens to move down to linebacker was last year. Actually, put him down as a linebacker. That's where he's best. Well, he's got to want to do it though. He's got to buy into it. So yeah, that's that's the difficulty there. I mean. It, it, that's another position that Texas is really going to have trouble with figuring out who goes where. They need answers at safety, specifically, again, at Rover and free safety. Uh, where do you put B.J. Foster in this? Because if you're looking at the descriptions, the typical descriptions, and again, this is going to change based on what Kwiatkowski has because he's not going to tailor it to what he uses but to the players he has on campus because that's what he's used to doing um, when it comes to the talent he had at Washington and places and stops before that. Yeah. What are you, what are you expecting the outlook of the safety position to look like to room to be? Um, I think it remains to be seen. I do like, um, you know, seeing guys like, um, like Brendan schooler, um, get moved back to the position that he played previously. I think it makes a lot more sense. I thought schooler initially was coming in last year to come play safety. You know, I was like, what the heck's going on uh, when he got added to an already deep wide receiver room. Um, with Montreal Estelle officially going over to the wide receiver side, that leaves guys um, with experience from last year. Um, Jaron Thompson got a little bit, had some nice flashes. Um, unfortunately, Xavier Offer bailed out. He left. You know, he's gone. But, oh, crap. 
Yeah, as far as, you know, returning experience from last year, um, Foster's the guy. Um, Jaron Thompson got, got some, got some, yeah, Jaron Thompson got some PT late in the year, you know. Um, seeing Brendan Schooler move back over to where he came from when he first started his career excites me. I thought that's what he would do when he first came over. Um, I don't know if we mentioned it about Estelle, but he's going over to the wide receiver side, so that kind of clears that out too. But the question becomes, what do you do with those spur guys, right? Well, even before that, what do you do with the rover and free safety? I think rover is your is B.J. Foster for sure because that's a guy who's comfortable in space. He's got incredible movement, athleticism, and he's got some decent instincts. Sounds and, like Chris Adamora or more to me. I mean, potentially Chris Adamora there. But do you really – I mean, that's that's the thing. Do you use Jaron Thompson or Chris Adamora in the safety position, two guys who – I mean, if you use Jaron Jaron Thompson, he's your free safety for sure. And then BJ Foster's your rover. But if you use Chris Adamora, Chris Adamora's your rover, and then BJ Foster's your free. So do you trust BJ Foster more as a guy who you know is better with you know pure movement athleticism or as a guy who has a higher football IQ compared to everybody else, situational awareness and, and versatile coverage skill sets? Do you do you Trust that. I mean, which where do you want to put B.J. Foster more, right? And who do you think is a better fit for the other spots, or give you a better advantage? Who, who is your? I guess I guess you could put B.J. Foster in there and Chris Adamore because that's your two best, right? But I don't that, know. I don't know that. No, that's your. T- I mean, compared to those three guys, I don't know that. No. You don't think don't you don't think that. Chris Adamora has proven himself as a little bit of a better player? I don't think anybody's than... proven it. I think it's a brand new coaching staff in here. I don't think anybody's proven anything. But um, if I mean if you're asking what I would do with BJ Foster personally, I, I want that guy around the line of scrimmage somehow. Um, so I'm excited. As a rover. If that's what it is, if it's I mean yeah, if that's the you know want to try to cookie cutter it, yeah, Rover makes the most sense. Also, we didn't even talk about JD Coffee is on campus. He's an early enrollee. He was an awesome player at Kennedale. Um, I think he has a chance to fit in somewhere. That's an opportunity for playing time. Where does Anthony Cook fit in? I mean, he kind of fits in as your spur. Well, I guess you don't have a spur. A slot, you don't slot have a corner. spur, yeah. As your slot so, corner. He's not covering anybody in the slot, no. Well, then he's your outside He's your outside guy, and you move a guy like Deshaun Jameson into the slot corner. Can he play free safety? You see what I'm saying? So I don't know. We got there are questions. There are I mean, I know that there. Anthony Cook has looked good in 7-on-7. Seven seven. He's looked good in the pre-spring football they're really liking Anthony Cook and his skill set. So it looks like him staying and gambling on the new staff is actually going to work out for him. But again, that gives you, I mean, that's the thing is Texas has a lot of corners and a lot of good corners, but not a lot of safety. So who do you move where? Because you also have Darian Dunn, you have Josh Thompson, you have Deshaun Jamison, Anthony Cook, Chris Adamora, right? So you're those, right. Those yeah, what first, do you do with those that? Those first three guys you mentioned aren't moving. They're not going anywhere. Right. So, who do you put in as your slot corner? And Deshaun Jameson can do it. Deshaun Jameson. So, then you have Darian Dunn and Josh Thompson on the outside? Perfect. All right. Well, then, I mean, I guess perhaps Anthony Cook could be your free safety while, while you put uh, B.J. Foster closer to the line as more of like a strong safety type, rover safety type guy. The typical Pete Kwiatkowski defense is a one high defense. So, who's that one high guy? is the big question because you have a lot of guys who can be up on the line, 
that's the big question coming out of spring for this defense. Because you know, even though the linebacker position is kind of up in the air, I think they're going to figure out something. The big questions are those end spots. The other big question in that second part, the, the secondary, I guess that's why they're called the secondary, is that free safety, the high guy. What do you do with him? Where do you put him? Who is it, really? Yeah, that's the question. That's, that's the, the question. thing we're going to be watching closely on the defensive side of the ball. Because Kwiatkowski's defense is a, a very big jump from what you saw with Chris Ash. It's closer to what you saw with Todd Orlando. I hope not. Well, in terms of scheme. <laughs> no, I want, I want Kwiatkowski to be Kwiatkowski. On the other side of the ball, you have your own questions there. And I think one question you need to answer is, who are your outside wide receivers? I think Troy Amarie is the has been crowned your outside wide receiver at this point. By who? Although isn't he limited this spring? Been crowned by you. He ain't been crowned by nobody but you. He's been crowned by the fan base, is what I'm saying. No, forget fan base. So you have Josh Moore out there, likely. Avante Woodard is a guy who is looking to be decent this year. He's a look. He's I've heard his name. Mentioned quite a few times during practice, Marcus Washington and Troy Amarier. I guess also you have Kennedy Lewis still in the building. Out of those guys, what do you think the outlook is? What do you think it looks like right now having those four guys and who are your two outside wide receivers if we're going through a traditional offense? Um, I think Josh Morris won with his ability to take top off of a defense. Um, I want to take Waters, you know, he's a trustworthy guy. Um, you know, this guy is pretty good at everything. He doesn't do anything great. Um, let me take this. So you have a, you have your receivers. four there in Avante Woodard. Maybe it remains to be seen. But your inside guys is, is Jordan Whittington and and uh, you remember we got to have a tight end out there. This Texas you got eight tight ends. Tight ends gonna be on the field. So um, Juwan, um, Wiley's gonna Juwan be out Davis there. out there. Juwan Davis. You put Cade Brewer. Juwan Davis put gonna red shirt. Cade Brewer. Wiley. I hope it's not out there that much. Wiley. Yeah, be out I, there. I really hope it's Jared Wiley. Yeah, he'll be out there. Jared Wiley should be the guy who's out there. Maybe Malcolm Epps. And Jatavian Sanders. Where does Jatavian Sanders end up, Darius? That's a question. We're going to be doing seeing. both. He's doing both. You really think he's going to he's going to pull off and do both? Yes. It, it is not hard. It is not hard to come in on third downs and rush the quarterback. It is not hard to come in when the team's is out to twenty five and run a freaking fade. <laughs> it's not hard, especially when they have a plan for you and you have a five star pedigree. They're going to do it. It ain't hard. They're going to make it work for them. I, I watched Mac Brown. I watched Demarco Cobb's come in in the first. Fall, we were there because he was ranked high, even though he couldn't really play that well. And try, try it out at running back, wide receiver, safety, linebacker. He got to try all the different stuff. So they'll find a way to get him out there. Absolutely. I'm interested in that. I'm interested because that's what we were thinking we were going to see in Brew McCoy, but he ended up sticking a one spot. Brew McCoy doesn't have anywhere near the size. I, I knew that was all. That was always fantasy. Brew McCoy is 6'2, 210 pounds. Shaven Sanders is 6'4, 235, 240 right now. So it's it's just different worlds. I'm that, I mean, I'll still be interested. I'm interested in seeing if that's that's gonna Looking be. Looking at case. a tight end and a defensive end compared to a guy playing receiver and maybe coming in and rushing. Jatavian's not playing wide receiver. Unless no, he's he loses not wide weight. receiver, he's a tight end, for sure. Yeah, so we'll see. Kyle Pitts, baby. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. If you're putting him in there as tight end, he's going to be split out wide, right? He's, Kyle he's Pitts. more of a wide, wide, rece- wide, wide receiver than he is a tight end. Yeah, he'll be in a slot. Yeah, he can play outside. Yeah, he can do all that. If you put him on the line, it's an obvious, 
it's it's basically signaling what you're doing with him. I don't agree with that because he's big enough to block. But he's not blocking in practice. He's Den Ryan never asked him to do it, so I honestly don't know if he can. Right. He never he's, he he lined up out wide the whole time, but he's big enough to 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 at least hold ground and get movement either with his own blocking double team. So we'll see. We'll see. I I don't I don't think I can't see it. I can't see it until I see it. I don't How about know why, that? but we'll see. We'll see. So I think that's your wide receiver kind of shakeout is you're going to have to see, okay, what what are you getting out of Kennedy Lewis? What are you getting out of Troy Marier? What are you getting out of Alvante Woodard? And figure out who's that other guy on the other side of Josh Moore because Steve Sarkeesian likes his wide receivers. We saw that in former Heisman wide receiver. and Real quick, too, going back, running back real quick, talking about that safety situation. It's been reported, I've seen, from two, three different places now. Texas is a finalist, apparently, for North Carolina State transfer Tyree Smith, who will be a transfer safety. So they're looking for solutions outside of what they have as well. That would be good. That would be good. Getting a grad transfer or just a transfer in general to figure out, to, to fits more into what Kwiatkowski wants to do with that defense would help out a lot, especially with the loss of a guy like Jalen Green and Caden Stearns. Who? I was just playing. So – Going back to the offense, <laughs> he had a good off of the line is another big position we're going to be watching during the spring ball because while you pretty much know kind of what you're getting, especially in the interior with Jake Majors, you're going to have uh, Junior Angulau, and I guess you don't really know. Who's your right guard? Who's your right tackle? That seems to be a question every single spring. And that left tackle, they've tried Pitchers out Christian. Practice started. It was on the inside of guard. It was Ungalau and um, Ungalau and uh, Okafor, believe it or not, at guard. What they're starting off with is Tyler Johnson at right tackle. You have the right guard is Denzel Okafor, Jake Majors in the middle, Junior Angulau at your left, and then Christian Jones as your left tackle. Actually, swap Okafor and Ungalau, but but this is all. I mean, that's just preliminary. There are going to be guys getting swapped out at tackle. It's going to be guys getting swapped out first, second, right. third, I mean, you unit have the entire time. You have so many different guys here to figure out and play around with. You also have Derek Kerstetter, Andres Karich, and Isaiah Hookfin. Isaiah, now, Kerstetter is not going to be playing in the spring, obviously, because of the backwards ankle. But Isaiah Hookfin plus Andres Karich are three guys who could potentially be starting in the, in the fall. Uh, this off at the line, I don't know if you're going to figure out what you have in the spring, However, you're going to have a pretty good idea of what they have come spring. You got seemingly seven quality bodies, which is more than you thought we would have coming into the season. So I'm excited to see what Kyle Flood does with it. From by all accounts, he's a he's a excellent teacher, which is an a far, far, far too undervalued um, publicly and underappreciated quality for a good coach to have. It's so important for some for him to be able to teach. Lastly. But most most importantly, the question that needs to be answered, maybe not the end of spring, but at least before the first game is, who's your starting quarterback? You have two big guys, Hudson Card, and the guy who showed out last year in Casey Thompson. Yeah, why? Casey Thompson should be getting mentioned first. He's the one that's actually played, done something in the game. I was going by number. I was going no, by no. by. No, I roster. think you were going by a number in your heart. That's true. I was. Oh, okay. All right. 
I've been a I've been a Hudson Card fan no, since no. before he got on campus, man. Come we're on. Gonna put some in there. I know that's the problem. We're gonna put some respect on Casey Thompson's name, the guy that stepped in in the Alamo Bowl and showed everyone that he should have been starting the entire season over Sam Ellinger. We're gonna put some respect on that guy's name. He oh, better for sure. get he better get a fair shake to win this position. That's the thing. I think they will get a fair shake from what I've been hearing from my guys who are actually you know know the know the team better than I do. Uh, they're getting a fair number of snaps, both uh, with the first team players. Number of snaps ain't what I'm talking about. It's just what be you- unbiased, unaffected by local pressure decision on who the quarterback is in university. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I still think. I mean, yeah. As long as it is a fair shake at quarterback, we're gonna have shouldn't have a- anything to do where a kid is from. I think having a guy who is a Sooner born and bred be the starting quarterback for Texas and take down Oklahoma would be pretty cool. No, I'm more so worried about, you know, there being a bias towards the, you know, Lake Travis, you know, area guy. But all right, That's no, true. All right, anyway. You know, May the best you man know, win. That's myth. May the yeah. best man yeah. win that quarterback sure. position. Sure. Yeah. But you know for sure that is the thing that is going to be the most talked about thing coming out of spring practice reports. Who's the quarterback? How many snaps did each quarterback? Who was the guy who, who played the most with the ones? Who's the guy that the coaches liked the most? Who is the guy who throws the prettiest ball and has is the most accurate, has the most deep deep downfield accuracy, is the best with the wide receivers? All of that, we're going to hear all of that. But that's the thing that it's so important. The quarterback position is so important. It seems like most people feel... Casey Thompson is a guy who showed out, but that Hudson Card is a guy who has the higher upside. I know that the last staff really liked Hudson Card, but Casey Thompson made this a real, real tough decision with what he showed against Colorado. But it was one game against Colorado in a bowl game. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. But it's going to be very interesting to see. It's going to be a very interesting battle there. You know the last time... Texas had a battle between the number one and number 11 on the field? Nope. It was, it was Hudson Card and, and Sam Allen. But before that, Chris Sims and Major Applewhite. Yeah, both of those guys kind of sucked, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but um, um, Ruining my thunder. Ruining my as punch. Far as, as far as um the quarterback battle, it would behoove Texas. It would be in Texas's best interest, Steve Sarkeesian and everybody involved in the, with the program. Um, it would be in their best interest, even if they do have a decision made after spring ball, to drag this thing out um, to the fall. Oh, yeah. Um, you want those guys. You want those two guys, um, Thompson and Card, um, competing 24-7 um, in the locker room uh, for for the trust of teammates, for the respect of teammates, um, organizing workouts, being leaders in every workout. You you want them going at it nonstop. And I'm telling you, at the end of this thing, um, in the fall, when the decision is made, the guy that loses is going to leave. I'm just, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. So right. well, how they want to massage, but you rather that guy leave in the fall than leave after the spring. Is there a benefit to naming a guy earlier? You know, get it, making sure that there's not a split between the team or a potential split between the team. Not maybe not in half 2021. the guys like this guy and half the guys like another guy. Not in 2021. And my thing is, here's the thing: if you have a split half like this guy, half like this guy, then I don't think you really have a guy. If that makes sense, you see what I'm saying? The player in the program. You 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 know you guys know who the better player is. You know who the better player is after fifteen practices. There, there, it just doesn't happen. You know who the better leader is after fifteen practices. You see what I'm saying? These guys have been competing 
since since that Colorado game. It hasn't stopped every single little thing. First one to the to the damn water machine. First one back on the line for the drills. Like the team will know. I promise. I promise. So, but it still is in the best interest to not say anything. The kids will know. You know what? I'll say this. I won't say this. The kids won't know, but they'll be leaning a certain way. It won't be 50-50. It'll be leaning a certain way, and then over the summer, it'll be decided based on what them two do. After week three of spring practice, we'll see. And definitely we'll get an even better view into what's going on there in the spring game, which I'm assuming they're just going to have both the quarterbacks play with both teams. I assume they'll have the quarterbacks, you know, just throw on air, you know, seven on seven, you know. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, everybody gets five throws, you know, against the scout team, and that's it, you know. Two deep balls, you know, two intermediate that's the balls. the spring game? The end? Yeah, yeah, the quarterback, yeah. That's all we'll see. And then in the real spring game, we'll see um, we'll see Cole Lord and um, Charles Wright go at it. <laughs> that's what I'm Looking bet. forward to the Lord show. Hey. Uh Let's go ahead, though, and take a look at this June official visits. Just June in general. June is looking to be a big, big month. Now, Texas missed on Quinn Ewers in 2022. They get him, and then they had him on the hook, and then he got up in the air and jumped, spit the hook out like a trout. Now, they're trying to hook a little guy out of Louisiana. May have heard of him. Might have heard of his dad, might have heard of his uncle, might have heard of his family. Arch Manning, 2023 wonderkin at quarterback, bringing along the Manning tradition of quarterbacks. He will be visiting Texas on an unofficial visit in in June. What else is going on in June, Darius? Why, just everybody else going to Texas too. Yeah. You have the weekend of the 16th and 18th through the 18th of June looking like it is going to be a party on campus. Hopefully everybody got their vaccines with Evan Stewart coming in, the guy who committed then decommitted because I mean, why would a guy who is likes the attention as much as Evan Stewart stick around and not let this drag out and get as much attention as possible. Evan Stewart's coming. Hopefully get him back on board. Malik Murphy. Your quarterback, your your five star quarterback, which Darius, let's go ahead real fast and talk about Malik Murphy. Have you watched any of his California games yet? I have. I actually, I've I've, I've taken a, a gander at all of them. What do you think? What do you think of him so far? Um, I think he is a kid with five star measurables. Um, I think he's in a really really bad situation. I think um those you know the rank those rankings and stuff coming out before the kid has played a single down. I mean, not single down. Had a single start on varsity. Um, I think it in a lot of ways put him in a – and then committing no to a school like Texas, yeah, gave some – put some unrealistic expectations on himself. Um, Sarah High School um, traditionally, you know, has, has put a lot of guys out into big-time colleges, you know, a lot of guys in the NFL, Tom Brady, you know, Robert Woods, um, Marquise Lee, stuff like that. But um, it's not the same Sarah that has been um, in the past. They're um, – they don't have the same athletes that they've had, um, whether it's I don't know if they're getting out recruited or I don't know what the deal is. COVID has something to do with it. I don't know how it works in California, um, but they are still playing a powerhouse uh, schedule pretty much on a nightly basis. Murphy is um, they're, they're outmanned. Um, and then the issue is he's not a mobile guy. He's not a runner. So at the high school level, and you know, most guys, you know, expect tuning in. You know, you hear a five star quarterback. Well, I expect to see the guy, you know, take over the game, put the team on his back, whatever. But um, Murphy's not a He's mobile guy. He's running for guy. his life. 
Yeah, he's and he, and he's not a runner. So, um, but there are times where they try to go quick game then, you know, get it out quick. He'll let the ball go and hell, it's bouncing off guys' face, you know, slip coming through their hands, you know, ricocheting for interceptions. Yeah, or he overthrows it. But I mean, he's delivered some good balls. I mean, it's just a bad situation. You, what I hope to see from him the rest of the year as I check in, I just want to see what type of leader he is, you know, how he responds to everything, you know, his body language and stuff like that. When he gets to college, he'll be in a much, much more, um, favorable. Favorable, favorable situation to, to show what he can really do. Yes. Right. I think you're right. He's going to drop. He's, he's going to drop in these rankings. So, yeah, oh, brace for, sure. for that. He's probably a mid four star, if that, right now. That's um, fair. I think you're right. He has more measurables than he does talent right now. Not talent, just experience, just um, accolades, you know, stuff to back up. Polish. He doesn't have five star polish. No, most he's not going to come in 99% here. Ninety-nine percent of high school kids, yeah, won't. He's not yeah. Quinn Ewers. So here's my thing with that. So we got to remember, Quinn Ewers, like technically, should should be on a college campus right now if he was enrolled. Quinn Ewers is 18 years old. He's a little old for his grades. You know what I'm saying? So that's a, it's hard to compare that. That's a, a full year of different, um, a full year in age. Quinn Ewers plays for a powerhouse program with a great head coach, offensive line. They're not out talented week in and week out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's why you can't make. I can't. Circumstances matter. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, Quinn Ewers is playing against Keller Central and, and crap three, four or five games out of the season. He gets to put up great numbers. Um, Kay Klubnick plays against Austin Bowie and gets to put up great numbers as, as a great defense. And has defense, an insane great. defense. Exactly. Um, even, powerhouse even, is, in a, is in a powerhouse program, has a great offensive line. Right. Even a guy like Josh Hoover at Rockwall Heath. He's got Zach Evans, who's a D1 running back. He's got Jay Fair, who's a D1 wide receiver. They have talent. They have stuff around them. He's got two D1 offensive linemen. These guys have stuff around them. One player, it's, it's 2021. One guy does not just get it done by himself. And those guys that do get it done by themselves, they're the obvious guys. You know, Murphy, even though he's rated five stars, will people have him ranked in the 30s, 40s, 50s. Those obvious guys, those clear guys, they're usually around number one, number two, number three. So... It's just circumstance. Context matters when discussing this stuff, too. And, I'm, you know, I'm seeing folks just bag on the kid. And I just – y'all should know better. You're adults, man. You should know better. You should understand circumstance better. Right. He still doesn't have the polish. That's the thing is sure. even when even when he is in the pocket and he has time to throw, there are times where he just overthrows or underthrows a guy. Sure, sure. He's not perfect at all. He's I'm not, not perfect. Yeah. No, and, and it definitely makes you second guess, hey, that – Second guess that five star ranking because it's obvious he's he's not going to take over a game, he's which means he's not a five star. He's he's not college ready. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, I that's second what you're looking for in a five star. A five star is a guy who is a college ready player. He's not college ready. He has the the measurables. He has the arm. You've seen it. You know, you've seen him. You know, when he when he's in an environment where he can take all of his time, he can make throws, make good throws. But he's just—he's not a hundred percent there as a quarterback. Yeah, no, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm fine with a kid, you know. I'm fine with Texas being able to bring somebody in that you know that they can stagger with classes that they can take time to develop that shouldn't expect to come in as a freshman and get playing time or even as a true sophomore. I like to take. I'm still excited about Malik Murphy. I never saw him as a five-star guy, so no, you know, my feelings aren't hurting this whole deal like some people, some folks right. are. <laughs> right. And hey, Arch Manning coming behind them, it don't matter who they taking in 2022. Then, so yeah. Arch anyways, Manning yeah. coming in in this June is big. I mean, that's the thing is, it's crazy that Texas is one of the teams to beat in this recruitment so early. Think about it. So Manning comes from a family; they got money. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They they're not gonna be wooed. They're not gonna be bought. They're not gonna be you know under the table. So that that illuminates a lot of stuff for some programs right there that helps them. Right? They can't be bought. Right. Um, they're they're from Louisiana, but they apparently have no love for LSU. So that's another thing that usually doesn't happen with Louisiana kids or kids from there. But he's from Louisiana and doesn't give a crap about LSU. So wow, strike two in Texas favor. That's those two things that just very rarely happen, right? Especially with big time prospects in that region. Um, right. Number three, um, Uncle Payton played at Tennessee, got to be in Knoxville. Uh, Uncle Uncle Eli got to play in Oxford, got a great college experience. I saw in a quote with an interview he did um, earlier this week, one of the things he talked about was the college town and the college experience. Well, oh, snap. I mean, ain't a whole lot more places with more stuff to do than Austin, freaking Texas. Can you imagine freaking Archie, Arch Manning walking down? I mean, I He'd be real popular, you know, in the city and on campus. And, um, you know, and I, I I didn't say none of that, but, you know, and, um, so I'm, I'm thinking more, you know, that, that, you know, what's a SIG app, you know, that stuff. But, anyways, um, he would be a rock star. And, and, and in a lot of ways, the stars are kind of aligning for it to happen. But Texas has to, they got to show something too. But, Will, there's a lot of stuff working, you know, the stuff that usually works against them in a lot of these cases, it doesn't exist here. And that's what makes it a crazy, um, realistic possibility, and it would be right. him doing something different because, um, and they've shown they're not afraid to do it. No pressure doesn't get to him, so I'm, 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 I have tempered excitement about that whole deal. Yeah, and right now it's crazy. It's down to Texas, Alabama, and one other school that I cannot remember off the top of my head. I think it's either Notre Dame, Georgia, Notre Dame or Georgia. So, yeah, it's it's been a crazy it's a crazy coincidence that Arch Manning is in Texas's grasp after having Quinn Ewers. So, you know, it'd be great. And if you look at A.J. Milwe, I mean, you look at look at his forehead, then Texas already has a pretty good shot there because it looks like they're blood-related. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. I, I don't look good too good myself, so. He can wear a hat. What's up? You know, I said he can wear a hat. You know. He can wear a hat. He, wear he looks good in a hat. Going back to the guys who are coming in on June 16th and 18th, Jaden Blue, B.J. Allen Jr., Travell Johnson, basically Chris Chris Ross, ba- Jalen Gilbo, basically all your commitments are coming in on that weekend. So it's nice that they're going to have Ish Harris, Tuli Halamaka. That's the LB from Cali. Mm-hmm. Jacoby Matthews, the five-star safety from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Dev- Devon Campbell, the five-star offensive guard. Denver Harris, the five-star cornerback from Texas. You have Kevin Coleman, the five-star inside wide receiver from St. Louis. Armani Winfield also coming. I missed him. Tavoris Jones, the four-star running back out of El Paso. Uh, C.J. Williams, the five-star receiver from Los Angeles. It's a huge, huge, huge weekend. It is a huge weekend. It is a huge weekend. And the list isn't done. That's just the preliminary guys on that list. You have five-star after five-star after five-star after five-star who will be on campus at the same time. And it's really important, actually, to get guys like that on campus or in the same building at the same time, guys who can recruit. Texas saw the opposite of this happen in the opening, what was it, two years ago, two, three years ago, where Mm -hmm. the 2019 year, where you had a bunch of these guys from Ohio State talking to a few guys from Texas to end up at Texas, because Texas didn't have anybody at the opening. So when it came to recruiting guys who were Texas targets – Texas had absolutely no – was not a good position to recruit these guys. Getting all these guys in the same 
camp on the same campus at the same time in the same buildings, going to the same places, the same parties, getting to know the same players, building a relationship there. That is huge for Texas to get all of that happening at the same time. No, no question. No question. That's just um you know, the hope is that everybody clicks. And, um, no, man, I, it's hard not to get excited about that. But, I mean, we've seen stuff like this in the past. We've seen the heat wave. You know, it's some every recruiting cycle. But um, and, and, and some of these guys that say they're coming, you know, won't make it in. You know, you know that's just how it works. And there will be other names that get added, too. It's such a long ways away. It's my deal with it. It's still essentially it's, it's two and a half months away. Um, right, that's but they're 10 official visits. Yeah, but I mean, something could change. You just, you never know. You never know. It's a little so we'll different see. than the heat wave, which was an unofficial visit. We still have to make have things get all the way fully opened up as well in other states for the out of state guys. I mean, it's gonna be cool, I guess, with the guys in state kids, but for the out of state right. five star guys, we need we need you know everything with our rules to get relaxed. As I wonder. Well. If, I wonder if part of the official visit can be go to get your vaccine shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think you can do that one. Yeah, and then on the other weekends, you have guys like Cole Hudson coming in, Justin Finkley, Justice Finkley. Uh, a big name out of Alabama coming in on the 25th and 27th. That's a jack. You have a lot of big names coming in in June. It's just a big recruiting month for Texas. So it's something to look forward to for Longhorn fans. Last thing I guess we can do, because we have a little bit of time here. Darius, one thing we missed over the time we were gone is the Under Armour camp. There were quite a few Texas targets, and this is really the first time we've been able to see these Texas targets in person besides the season, like these new guys really get a focus and really get a focus on them. So you had big guys like Devon Campbell, Calvin Banks, Jalen early, Evan Stewart out there, Armani Win Armani Winfield. You had Ish Harris, John Tay cook in 2023. Um, everybody was there. Everybody was there. Everybody was there. RJ Cooper was there for Martin. You had Bear yeah, Alexander, said, all those basically guys. Basically, everybody there, Darius, and, and a lot of different Texas targets. Of those guys, who really stood out to you amongst those targets? Um, as far as the offensive line goes, um, a guy like um obviously Devon Campbell, I thought was the you know, he proved himself to be the alpha dog there. Um, first time getting to see Kelvin Banks. He's every bit of his listed size, six five, three hundred pounds. He is high on Texas, got to meet his dad. Um, they're very high on Texas. Um, they grew up Texas fans. That was reiterated by both of them. Um, that was big to find out. But he's he's a borderline five star guy. He's a high four star guy. Um, Allen, offensive lineman, NATO, Yumio Zulu. Um, he's a guy that hasn't confirmed whether he's visiting, where he's visiting yet. But NATO is a top target for Texas and Oklahoma. I thought he was outstanding. You know, legit six three, two hundred eighty pounds with long arms. Um, as far as you know, your skill guys, and let's keep just keep it going along the offensive line real quick. Um, 2023 OL offensive lineman Harris, um, Harris Sewell from Odessa Permian is going to be a big name. 2023 guy, he's got a Texas offer, got to talk to him, got to see him. Um, really likes Texas, going to be a really good player. Cole Hudson, we mentioned earlier, got to see Arlington Lamar, 2023 offensive tackle Isaiah Robinson, who's going to, he's a guy already with, with uh, double digit offers. High on Texas, Armani Winfield. I thought that was this that was as good as I've seen Armani look. Why why is that? I saw Armani back when he was in middle school, but he yeah, he was out there flying um during the camp, man. Um he put down a high four three uh forty yard dash time at that camp as well. Um Armani Winfield is a legitimate six foot two um rangy kid. He's just a, he's a big time pickup for Texas. Um, you know, I don't 
I see some folks that you know I've dropped him a little bit, but that's just got to be just having not seen him in a while. He was out. He's been out. He was outstanding. Um, sticking with the offensive theme, um, Jalen Hale from Longview. It's my first time getting to see Jalen in person. Um, Jalen's listed at six three and stuff like that. A lot of places he's closer to six one. Um, skinny guy, slim guy, about 170 pounds. Um, again, he was smaller, smaller frame than I anticipated. Um, but he still plays big. Um, really impressed with Jalen Hill. He's one of the top receivers in the 2023 class. Ish Harris from Pilot Point is, um, considered an athlete. He worked out at running back at the camp. In his words, he did it because he felt like linebackers boring at camps. Um, mm. even though he's getting recruited to play linebacker at Texas and a lot of other places. He's not but, wrong. Um, being He's linebacker like, can't nah, it, it it is, but man, he that that dude is a legitimate six foot three and a half, six four, and he moves really well to be that size and gets in and out of his breaks. Um, for offense, that's pretty it. That's pretty much it as far as the Texas targets defensively. R.J. Cooper um, beat Kelvin Banks on a rep where he exploded off the ball and dipped his hip. I think R.J. Cooper is a, a clear future NFL type of guy. Um, I was really impressed with Tenaha linebacker Jeremy Patton. It was my first time seeing him in person. Um, and as luck would have it, about a week later, he ended up getting offered by Texas, Oklahoma, A&M, everything. So he's a guy I was really impressed with. Carthage linebacker Kip Lewis, who was offered by Texas. I was not excited about Kip watching his highlights. I didn't really get it. I didn't see what people were seeing. Um, getting to see him in person, though, I understand. Kip's a legitimate 6'2", maybe 6'3", long-ranging. Kip moves extremely well in space. Um, he's always under control. And, um, I mean, he led the, he led the state in tackles for Carthage, um, state champion Carthage. So I see it now with him getting to see him in person did wonders for me and my thoughts on him. The best defensive back I saw at the camp, man, um, out of all those guys there and everybody was there was actually, um, John Paul, cornerback Terrence Brooks. Um, Terrence Brooks, the guy who I was wondering if his tape matched his, uh, his game. A lot of the times you get you get a lot of hype in this industry, the recruiting mm-hmm. industry, based off of mm-hmm. film and what other people say. I remember Anthony Cook was one of those guys. Whereas mm-hmm. like Anthony Cook, he's got he's got such good fundamentals. And you would go to like the first really big, you know, one of the opening camps I went to and saw uh, Anthony Cook there. I was like, is are all of these holds? And that's what I was wondering. When it came to Terrence Book, Terrence Brooks, uh, you know there were there were a few guys around Anthony Cook who were really really hyping him up, hyping him up, and making him what the five star cornerback, which he wasn't ready to be. He needed some time. Mm. Terrence Brooks seems to be one of those guys who his film and the and the quality film that he shows and and the ability to actually be polished matches him actually in person. Terrence Brooks, I, I got a new set of rankings coming out tomorrow, coming out today on the site. Will Terrence Brooks is my number one corner in Texas after Denver Harris suffered the ACL. Um, Terrence Brooks is a legitimate six foot. He's 185, 190 pounds. Will I watched him? He he went against Evan Stewart three reps. Evan Stewart did not win a single one of those reps. Um, I watched him cover. You know he was a blanket on guys. He can cover guys at corner. He can cover guys in the slot. He can line up at safety. Um, his dad played in the NFL, played in AM. Terrence Brooks is a guy that can play any position in the secondary. Doesn't say a whole lot, which is part of why I think I didn't notice him the first time. He's one of, he's, he's the rare, quiet, you know, defensive back, wide receiver, skill guy. He's really? not a diva. Yeah, he's not he's, a diva. He's about that, his that business. That is a man. very rare trait. Right. And and again, you know, it was interesting to see it contrast with a guy like, you know, Evan Stewart, who's a flashy guy. Terrence sought him out 
for reps, Terrace would make the play, would lock it up. There's no celebration afterwards, nothing. It's just jog back to the huddle. I, I love that kid. He's he's going to be big time. Um, Jared Kerr was a guy. Um, he appears to be trending away from Texas, unfortunately. Jared Kerr was a guy that I thought was potentially, you know, a 6'2", 190-pound, potentially an outside backer guy. Jared Carr is about 5'11", um, 6 foot, about 180 pounds. Jared Carr is a cornerback. Jared Carr has the hips. He's got the feet. He's got the acceleration. I was really surprised with Jared Kerr. I have a completely different um, impression of him than what I got from on video. So that's why, you know, these camps and stuff is so good. They're so good to be able to go to. And I'm just I'm fortunate to be able to do something I enjoy and, uh, and, and share it with you all. Um, but Cook was big. I mean, Kerr was big for me. Um, Brooks, Brooks, Brooks was impressive. is kind of, again, going back to Brooks. So who else really impressed you who, who Texas is going after? Uh, as far as defensively, off the top of my head, that's really it. There were, again, there were a crap ton of defensive backs there. In the 2023 class, Jamel Johnson really impressed me. Legitimate 6'1", 185 pounds. Um, I actually, I mean, I, I have him ranked as number one safety. He lined up at cornerback every rep out there and was impressive. Um, got to see Daniel Demery from uh, Dallas Episcopal. Got to see um, Anthony Hill from Den Ryan. Now these, you know, these um. Remind me who these guys are. Anthony Hill is is the linebacker from Den Ryan, twenty twenty three. He's the number one player in the state of Texas. Um, he's not this linebacker. This camp setting is not going to be his thing. He didn't do well in coverage, but um, put on the tape, you'll see what he does, what he's about. Um, Daniel Demery is a twenty twenty three guy. He's listed as an athlete a lot of places. Demery is a guy I thought would be a safety. Seeing him in person, he's got a thick lower body. I think Demery is a potential spin-down candidate. And um, from there, I think he has a chance to be a guy that's similar to what they have in the 2022 class coming um, with Travell Johnson. Um, I mean, yeah, with Travell Johnson coming from Martin. Travell is a guy that I saw. Travell is about 5'11", maybe 6 foot. Um, he's about 190 pounds. Not a big guy. Um, he's kind of – he's your perfect rover, Will, once he gets to campus. He's that he's that linebacker safety kind of tweener kind of guy. But um, he he was he's a natural in space. That was covering guys out there was easy for him. It was easy. How did, how did Texas tar, how did Texas commit Brian Allen look? BJ Allen. So I didn't I didn't see it. BJ didn't take a whole lot of reps, man. BJ was out there, you know, more so, you know, just to, you know, smile at the camera people, you know, or whatever. Um, in the in the the one rep I did see, um, it was a bad ball. I you know it was kind of it was hard to get a lot out of that rep. But I didn't I didn't see a whole lot of BJ. Um, I think BJ, you know, he compares, he's in that same range for me as a guy like, um, like JD Coffee from the previous class, maybe slightly a tick below. But, um, were you able to watch Chris Ross at all? I saw Chris Ross. Chris Ross is about 6'2, 275 pounds. He's quick off the ball. I want to say he split the two reps I saw from him. Chris Ross, um, looks good. Uh, he's going to be one of those quick three techniques for Texas. Um, he possibly could even um, play some strong side defensive end, not necessarily Jack standing up, but I think him and Byron Murphy are pretty similar in their bills and what they do, what they bring to the table. Another guy who I'm interested in hearing about is Tavoris Jones. Were you able to watch him? Tavoris Jones, I love Tavoris Jones, man. Tavoris Jones is about 5'11", about 185, 190 pounds. Jaden Blue is a hell of a wide receiver out of the backfield. Tavoris Jones is a natural wide receiver. If Texas, I, I've got him rated as a, as the second best back in the in the class in the state. If Texas can land Tavoris Jones to go with Jaden Blue, uh, it don't get man, it don't get much better than that. And speaking of running backs, while we're still on it, twenty twenty three running back Trey Wisner out of Waco Connolly will. That's a bad boy. That's a bad dude right there. Remember the name Trey Wisner. He's already got a I was Texas literally offer. Literally just about to ask you about him. Yeah, yeah Wisner, he just, he just got the Texas offer. Wisner's a bad boy. 
he seems like he's a guy who would be more of your scat back sort of guy. Uh, I wouldn't say that, man. He's RB. He he can do it all. He can do it all. He's not so? a little guy. He's not a little guy. Uh-uh. Wiseman's a bad dude. He's a bad. So dude. how did John? How did John? How'd your boy John Tay Cook look? Oh, uh, John Tay did what John Tay does, man. I honestly I don't talk too much about John Tay, you know, in the writing on the air because I mean, hell, I see him every day. I've been seeing John Tay since he was since seventh grade every day. Hell, I mean, it's not. I'm used to it, I guess. But um, no, he did what he does. You know, John Tay is about as smooth as it gets, man. He had a good day. He had a great day out there. Another guy, let me mention it, 2023 slot wide receiver from Lovejoy. Remember the name Jackson Lavender? Jackson Lavender. I, I remember you talking about him. What's up, What do you like about him? I mean, he's one of those shifty slot guys. I mean, I hate to make a uh, – he, he, he's a slot receiver. He was just – he's got a – he reminds me of a guy like Cole Beasley. If y'all can look up Huddle on your computers, type in Jackson, J-A-X-S-O-N, and then Lavender, like the color, like the smell. Take a look at that Swiss Army knife from Lovejoy. He did it all. It's kick returns, punt returns, catching passes, wide receiver, running back. He's taking stuff to the house. That's a 4-4 guy. He's only about 5'9", about a buck sixty right now. But that's a baller right there. He's a Cole Beasley type guy. So if you were to say there was one guy who really just stuck out, that he would never seen before, who stuck out. Would it, would it be him, or is there another guy out there who? Nah, uh, that, I mean, just body, just what I thought was just just pretty. Um, it's got to be twenty twenty three. It's got to be North North Mesquite wide receiver Cordell Russell. Um, they were calling him Baby To, nickname Baby To out there. Russell's about six two, just like Armani Winfield, but Russell's probably about fifteen pounds lighter, long, rangy kid. Just once he gets going, man, it's just a sight to behold. He's, you know, he's got all the makings of a big time kid. But you know, there's there's a lot of work to be done as far as you know fundamentals. Of course, he's raw. You know, with receivers, it's, it's so much that goes into it. But Cordell Russell's a guy I'm excited about. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. Darius, my man, it's good to talk to you. It's good to see you again. The same, likewise, likewise. I guess you and I will have to try to make these a little bit more uh, regular, huh? For so, for but. So, for so. I think that's going to do it for us. This has been 4th and 5, your Longhorn Nation podcast. I'm your host, Will Bazer. You guys can find me on Twitter at W-I-L-L-B-A-I-Z-E-R. Mr. DT, Darius Terrell, where can we find you? Hey, y'all can find me on Twitter as well. Um, Coach DT underscore TFB. Holler at me. I'd love to hear from you. It's been a minute. Like I said, it's been a while. Sorry about the you know the hiatus. Hope y'all enjoy this one, man. You guys can find both of us on the Hornscast channel. The Hornscast channel to listen to right now. Probably pretty soon here, we're going to be putting out a pretend you're getting to know us as we get to know the new Texas basketball coach whenever that gets announced or whenever they figure that one out. So keep an eye out for that one because I'm sure it will be one hell of a show. On that note, thank you all for listening. We will see you all next week. Hook them. Hook them.